tonight on Toy Town Crime Watch. There's been a rash of boo-boos all over town. Have you seen anyone possibly wearing striped pyjamas that might have caused such boo-boos? We talked to Flopsy Rabbit, who received a major boo-boo and had to go to Stuffy Hospital, and now they have a little bandage. Apparently, they got a big kissy from Mum when they got their stitches done. Coming up later on the show, Mittens, adorable kitty friend of violent criminal. Mittens was last seen pushing Mr. Stuffy Bear off the side. <sighs> it was around dinner time, and perhaps we believe that there may have been some hanger involved. We asked Chili Penguin, who recently came back smelling much, much better, because, oh, Mr. Wuffles had done quite a chewing, and, and Mr. Wuffles has the worst breath. And finally, Panda Bear has been arrested for dealing smack. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast. Two queer trans ladies. We talk about the stuff we've done in the week. We talk about things... The stuffies we've done. No, no, yeah. no. The, the things, the, the media we have consumed. Not not stuffies that we've done, done cuddles on. I, that's better wording. Um, <laughs> so don't do the stuffies. Um... <laughs> yeah, we've consumed media in the week. Yes. Video games, or games of varying natures, that's usually where we start. What have you played this week? What have we played this week? Well, we played some Otto. Game over. <gasps> Otto, the game that is pretentious as fuck. It's so, oh, it might have come from, it might be from beyond our worlds. Ah, so this this was one of the games that came in the Zatu box of board games this month. Yes. And... You read the back of the box text and I had no fucking clue what this game was. And I read a description online and had no fucking clue what the game was. So we opened it. Yeah, read the Kickstarter description, had no fucking clue what it was. Lots of talk of sacred geometry mm. and uh, I, I mean, once you play the actual game, it it's very like it's fairly easy to explain. Yes. It is a game. It's an abstract tile laying puzzle. Yeah, you you start with a grid that's got one tile already sort of fixed in the center, and some patterns around the outside edges. Um, any piece can be placed in any orientation. Uh, you can only place a tile next to an existing tile, so you have to sort of start from the center and work out. And you're basically trying to create small circles, large circles, or squares, mm -hmm. uh, which are worth increasing amounts of points. Yeah. Um. It is a game of trying to be very careful about when you put certain things down so you're not giving the other player an opportunity to finish that shape and snipe the points. Mm -hmm. That's also a chance to make infinity symbols. Oh, yeah. And that means you yeah. automatically win the round and you get eight points. And the other person gets zero no matter how many points they had earned so far in the round. Unless they play a card that has a reaction to that. Yeah. Uh, you you can earn cards as well that you can use at the, the start of the turn to do various things like uh, swap tiles with the other player or um, make everyone rotate or move a piece that's already on the board somewhere new. Um... And basically you keep going until someone crosses a certain point threshold. Um, it's a neat little game. It's it's a children's tile-laying game. Um, like, I, 
to to try and explain it, imagine that you have a square and at equal points along each edge there are two places where a line can go in or go out. Yes. And you'll probably know the kind of puzzle we're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, so do the, those two lines connect to each other in an arc? That'll help you make a small circle. Yeah. Is there a curve to one of the corner bits on the uh, next side or on 90 degree side? That's going to make you a big circle. Is someone about to get a big circle? Maybe you put a right angle piece in there so that now it's got square on one side of that circle and you, you <sighs> screw it up for them. That's not a point. <sighs> yeah, it's... It is a it is a it is a well made game. It's got a very like aesthetically pleasant board yeah. and layout. Sustainable too. Yeah. Oh, so sustainable. It's it's a nice looking game and it's clear that some like graphic design work went into it, but they've overhyped it. <laughs> yeah, they've hundred percent overhyped it. They've gone really pretentious with it, and I think Maybe that's the only way they can charge as much as they have for it. Yes, because the price on Zatu for it, I believe, is like £50. Like, I think it was yeah. the most expensive thing in the box. Yes. And you were not getting the most bang for your buck with that. But, I mean, partly because the box is largely empty. There is a huge amount of empty space in that box. Yes, there is. Um. So, for all their sustainability... They've wasted a lot, and that they've will shipped have cost an unnecessarily in... large box. Well, yeah. it will have cost them in, in shipping as well. Um, they, you know, they've gone into the whole thing of oh, well, there's no plastic involved, yeah, because it came in a canvas bag, and inside there are canvas bags to hold the tiles and the wooden pieces. Except the wooden pieces came in a plastic bag inside the canvas bag. Yes, and they didn't need the canvas bag for the game to come in because it's okay for a game to just. Come as a game. And also the outside box of the game came in shrink wrap. Yeah, but For it's... some reason we've got the Kickstarter edition. I don't know if Zatu just had a bunch that, left over. That happens sometimes. Like, this isn't the first time we've received a Kickstarter edition of something, I don't think. Isn't it? I'm pretty sure we have in the past, because it, it felt very familiar. I can't remember what game. I feel like something else we had a Kickstarter edition of. And I can't tell you because I don't remember what it is, so let's drop this point. <laughs> So yeah, that was Otto. Game over. It's alright. It's it, not worth 50 quid. It was fun. It's not worth 50 quid. I can't say I'm ever going to be like, ah, oh, I desperately fancy playing that. Mm. But with more people, maybe it'll be more enjoyable. And I can see it being like a warm-up game that we maybe put in rotation alongside something like... Um, Oh, what's the one with the really nice shiny click clacks? Azul. Azul. In that sort of vein of like, hey, we've not ramped up to doing a big game yet, but yeah. maybe start the game the day with something simple and shapes based. Yeah, because it's um, it's two to four players. Yeah. It kind of has a single player, but even in the manual, it's like get some friends. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's, the whole thing is very weirdly written. <laughs> yeah, also it does a lot of the he will do this. Oh yeah, it's He will do that. On his turn. Only he gets to play. Yeah. Which we start to read now as Oh well he has to do this, we don't. Yeah, we can we, we, we don't can have do, to follow that rule in the rule we book. Can do whatever the fuck we want. How? Yeah, only he has to do that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else have you played? I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Snap. Pokemon Snap. New Pokemon Baby Snap. Shit. New Pokemon Snap is is on the Switch. You do photography of Pokemon, 
and you take lots of photos and you get rated both on like the rarity of the pose that you've captured and then the composition of the shot and that's like two separate ratings um and you got to do little interactions with the Pokemon to try and get them to do various poses. So, like, maybe there's a Pokemon that's sleeping. Maybe you play some nice music and they'll gently wake up and you can get a picture of them, like, having a big stretch. Or you throw some fruit at them to be like, hey, either eat this or get annoyed that I've thrown it at you. Uh, maybe that'll be a picture. Uh, you try and find little secret things in the level that might cause new events to happen. You visit areas in the daytime and the nighttime, and then you find new areas to go to. It's just a little gentle, pleasant photography game. Um, it's very wholesome. It is... It's fairly simple, in that you usually have a very limited number of interactions available to you, and there is a certain degree of, okay, go back through that area you've already been through, we've changed some things, photographs and new stuff there. Which I'm fine with, but like, be aware, it will be variations on a similar set of content with new stuff added as you play through it, as opposed to constantly going to new places. Mm -hmm. um, I got a picture of a quillfish and it was big and blown up and then puffer fished out, and it was a very good picture. And then I got a picture of a whelmer screaming at a pikiniku uh, as it sort of flew off in the in the water, just like ah, the scream sort of blew me away. Fuck. And I got a picture of a score bunny sleeping on the back of a torterra, and I got lots of good pictures, and I like this game very much. Yay. It's my new, I don't have much mental energy on hand, but I want to play something wholesome and nice That's game. A... It's, it's very hard for me to criticise this game. Um, I, I've been made aware that some of the more useful features for getting hard-to-get photographs are not unlocked until you complete the story mode, which feels... is always a strange choice, but I'm having a very good fun time with it. What about you? What you been playing? Uh, we played Cryo. <gasps> we did play Cryo. Which is another board game. New one from Z-Man Games. Yeah, this this was a bit more substantial for your money than uh, yeah. Otto was. Yeah. Yeah, tell us about, about Cryo. Uh, so, you were on a, like a generation ship, and apparently factions were arguing, and someone got the arse, did some sabotage, and then the entire ship crash-landed on this... Very inhospitable planet. Yep. And now you have a limited amount of time before the sun goes down and the entire surface becomes entirely unlivable. Yep. It's getting very cold very fast. Grab materials and get as many of your people into the, the cave system where they will survive the cold. Just your uh, people. Fuck everyone yeah. else. Uh, pr preferably, you know, to the higher point scoring areas within the cave. You know, really scope out those prime bits of cave mm -hmm. real estate. Um, it's got some beautiful pieces in it. Oh, the little drone figurines are really intricate and nicely detailed. So basically, uh, it's worker placement, and you have these drones that you will put out yeah. into onto the the map to go and achieve certain things, either getting new things to put in your engine so that you can generate more resources, or going and recovering uh, people uh, in their cryopods. Or sending people to go and do salvage work to so yeah. that you get like a steady income of stuff. It's it's got a really nice pace to the way that turn structure is done. Yeah. Um compared to other worker placement games, I really like that the the spots you can put your, your drones on, your workers on, um, 
usually are pointing to multiple different things you can do. Yes. So if there's a particular thing you want to do this turn, it's not like, oh, someone took that space, I can't use it. It's like, okay, whatever spaces are there that are also pointing to that so I can also do it. Mm -hmm. Um uh, one of the mechanics is that as at the start of the game you will deal out a certain number of damaged platforms, mm -hmm. uh, which will mean that sometimes you can't, you know, ah, uh, oh, there is a space that's pointing at that thing I want to do, but it's uh, it's damaged so I can't do it unless I have an upgrade that lets me land on damaged spots. Pretty much everywhere in the game can be reached by at, at least one place, even when there is, like, damage everywhere. Yeah. But so you might not, not worry too have much. a second choice. Exactly. Yeah. Unless, as you say, you get upgrades, which... Um, so basically there are uh, cards you can acquire and play or scrap for, for their materials that play three possible roles. You can upgrade your platform. So yeah. things like, as you said, the ability to land on a damaged platform. You can um, create uh, or, or uh, make uh, vehicles that mm. will either ship people down into the, the cave network... Or they'll give you some other benefit sometimes. Um, and then there's missions on those cards. So it might be like, okay, uh, the people in Salvage, I'm probably never going to recover them before the end of the game. Mm. So I can play this card, which means I get two points for every person in in the Salvage. Yeah. Oh, one element of this game I really like as well. Um, I always appreciate a game that's got uh, a game board that's got inlaid uh, spots to put tokens into. Ah, uh, yes, your your personal player boards have got the nice two layer thing, like with um, scythe. Yeah. Um. So what you can do with this is that basically, once you've placed out all of your workers and it's time to to recall them back in, um, you have slots you can bring them back to before you start the next round, and each of those slots could correspond to a reward or a cost or something that you can do uh, and you build that out as you're playing the game so um there are the, all these little tokens all over the board that might be uh get two diamonds or um get one machine part and you sort of build out this layout so the it might be like okay if i recall my drone back to here i can spend a nature point to get two machine points or something like that. And you sort of build out the rewards and the the costs for the rewards that you can get between rounds, which is a really interesting bit of, like, way to differentiate the different players and how their engines work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a lovely little game. It's fun. Plays in about 60 to 90 minutes. Uh, again, two to four players. I'm very much looking forward to trying this in higher play accounts, um, but very much enjoying it so far. It's it's yeah. it's, it's 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 a lot of fun and uh, seems to scale really well. Yeah, it it is it is one of the one of the more impressive games we've had out of the two boxes. I'm very pleased with this mm -hmm. one. Well, what else have you played? Ah, I played some indie games this week. Uh, we'll start with one that I have really mixed feelings on. I played a game called Before I Forget. Ooh, I watched you play some of this on stream uh, last night. So, this is a game that I've been anticipating for a while. I think it was on my 2020 most anticipated indie games of the year list. Um, it is a game about living with dementia. And I'll say this. It, it's like an hour, maybe a little over an hour long. And I think for the vast majority of this game's runtime, while being heavy, it is a it is a impactful, well-put-together 
beautiful little game for most of its runtime. I think that the way it depicts things such as getting disoriented in your own home, uh, losing track of time while trying to do uh, basic upkeep tasks around the house, some of those things are very effectively handled to portray a very real uh, lived experience. Mm. I think that that game completely fucking fumbles its ending. I I played this on stream, and within a few minutes of finishing, we were like... Chat had come Chat. up with several better ways to end this game that would have, you know... I don't want to say too much. I expected a game like this to have a pretty a pretty heavy ending, because it it's not the kind of story that has a happy ending. I was okay with a sad ending. Even a tough ending. Yeah, a tough ending, a sad ending, an emotionally... But not one that just massively yeah. comes across as ableist. Yeah, yeah. Um, so skip ahead like 30 seconds if you don't want to know spoilers. Um, my interpretation of the ending is that it very much comes across as the best thing that could happen to someone with, with dementia is that they die, because then they'll get to, you know, not have dementia when they see their loved ones in the afterlife. That's how it came across, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, strongly agree. I mean, all of chat was much the same. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that's... Mm, don't approve of that. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that's the thing. Like, there are, there are ways this story could have ended. Like, it, you know, it's a story about someone who's having difficulty remembering things. It could have looped right back to the start, and that would have yeah. been, you know, heartbreaking that this character had had all this sort of realisation and character development, and then all of it's gone again. Like, that could have been a really heartbreaking, meaningful, impactful ending. And accurate. Yeah. This, it, mm, it really bothered me, this ending. I know, I watched you. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to the people who made it, because I'm Twitter mutuals with the developer, and I want to have a conversation with them at some point and go, what were you trying to get across with that ending? Because here's what I got. And I really want to understand if that was the intended reading, or if you were going for something else that you miss, mm. like that that, I, that went past me. Because I wanna, I wanted to, to, I wanted to be able to recommend this game, but I really struggle to right now. Yeah, it's um, <sighs> it's not. <sighs> it's not okay to end stories about mental health that way. That is the most fucking depressing fucking... I don't mind depressing in a no, story it's, about it's, mental health. it's ableist. It's specifically... It's specifically ableist. It's specifically verging a little bit on little eugenics-y. It's not great. Uh, what did you play this week? I mean, I was going to say a really bad game, but you've trumped me. Tell me about your really bad game. <laughs> I played some Minecraft Dungeons for some reason. Tell me about Minecraft Dungeons. It's a really crap... Um, dungeon crawler, dungeon crawler game, yeah. random loot drops, yeah, and such. It... Diablo for kids, ish. Diablo for kids, the the uh, bad uh, Diablo for three year olds. <laughs> that game has a terrible difficulty curve. It doesn't have a difficulty curve. It has a difficulty flat line and then a big spike at the end. Oh, you got to the end. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like, I walked through that first, through the entire, like, every level in the game. Zero trouble, zero problems. Zero trouble. Got to the final level and it was like, oh, okay, this is 
this has ramped up some because suddenly there's like a bajillion t random enemies. Huh. Plus, then after that, you've got to fight a boss, which is like just a bullet hell. It's like, it, oh, okay. It didn't ease you up to there at all. No, it went, okay, you've got this far. Now yeah. fuck off and redo everything until you've got the proper weapons to defeat this. Because this is a game that desperately wants you to replay and replay and replay. Yes, which would be but fine if there was any fun. challenge or any fun to be found in redoing it. Like, you can turn the difficulty up and down, but... It's still not fun. Yeah. Most yeah. of the time turning the difficulty up, even like a couple of levels above yours, is suddenly nigh impossible to play. Uh, and the you know, anything below you is just mundane. Yeah. Maybe it's different with friends, but like that's the borderline response. Like a uh, yeah. borderlands response. It it's it's crap. Do better. If your game has a single player mode, balance it for single player. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness. Um, I played another indie game. I was a bit disappointed with this week, yeah. uh, which is a shame. I tried playing uh, Disc Creatures. Oh, this is not Pokemon. Yeah, this is not po- not Pokemon. It looks like a a Game Boy original Game Boy era Pokemon game. It's on Steam. Um. So I've got some problems with this. Um, it is basically Pokemon with a few tweaks, and I can point out what the tweaks are. Um, you have a team of three Pokemon you can have on you at any one time um, that are all out in battle every battle. Uh, so you, you're essentially doing three-on-three battles. Uh, rather than having PP for moves that's, like, consumable and there's no way to get it back in battle, you have energy. It's a shared pool per Pokemon, but you can basically take a turn in battle charging, which will refill a big chunk of that bar. But you'll be more fragile. It'll open you up to critical hits. And there's, at least in the early game, there's not a way to be like, okay, well, I'll charge that Pokemon up to get its energy back. And I'll use another Pokemon to defend them or mm. anything like that. There's no options. There's no options to defend your very criti- very at-risk Pokemon. You just have to hope you luck out and they don't get attacked. Um, which is a bit weird. Um, the game has a very confusing menu system when you're in battle, in that it's very unclear, is this a, a normal type attack? Is this an elementally charged attack? There's a lot of lack of clarity on that. They have a system of rating the a damage of attacks that instead of giving you hard numbers tries to be like Dark Souls and have the letter grading system, but that leaves a lot of weird ambiguity as to exactly how strong or not something is. Like, anything that shares a letter grade will be closest in damage, but maybe not exactly the same, and it's tough to tell if something's stronger than something else. Um, I did like that of your pool of moves that you learned, you could at any time switch which four were active on a Pokemon, that it wasn't you forgot that move to make room for this one and now that one's gone. You can sort of tweak it over time. The capture system... uh, You fight wild Pokemon and there's just a random percentage drop chance that you might get to have it after you fight it. There's no catching mechanics. Just defeat them and hope you get one. Also, the game starts with 
way, way, way too much tutorial before you get to do anything. And yet you still didn't seem to yeah. understand most of what you I dealt with s- once you actually came to it. Yeah, I had like 15 minutes of going through text and having shit explained to me before I got to have my first fight, and I still didn't understand. Okay, my electric Pokemon, is that an electric t- attack or is that a, a normal type attack? I don't know. And I should be able to work that out after 15 minutes of tutorial. I, I I I wanted to like it. It looked cool. It looked interesting. Some of the creature designs were nice. Um, penguin, penguin, penguin. Yeah. The 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 penguin was the the blue penguin duck was great. I I liked some of the creature designs. I liked some of the music design. I liked that they were trying to go for something. What they were trying to go for, they just I feel like they missed the mark, and I wasn't having a good time playing it. Um. I've played not Pokemon games before. This certainly ain't a Temtem or something equivalent to that. This is Ooblets. U- U- yeah, Ooblets. Um, this is this is not one of those quality takes on um the, the monster hunting genre. I mean, the the I think the best thing about it, from what I can tell, is the graphics. I mean, mainly. Like they've perfectly captured that Game Boy yeah, yeah. era game. They they've managed to capture it perfectly without just ripping off assets, which was yeah. commendable. Yeah. What about you? What have you played this week? That's it. Uh, I'm pretty sure I played something else, but I was expecting you to have something else uh-huh. having played. So I'm now having to talk until I find that. Ah, talking to the uh, thing. Yes. Um, I played the first three or four hours of Returnal. Um, So this is the new uh, Housemark game. It's a new sort of Sony, not technically a first party exclusive, but might as well bloody be at this point. Um, It is a third person shooter roguelike where you play as this sort of uh, Tilda Swinton looking character who has crashed on an alien planet. And every time you die, you wake up back in the ship as it's crashing. Oh, mysterious. Um... Go through, go through levels, do lots of shooting of very difficult enemies, uh, d- dodging and dashing and jumping out the way of uh, bullet hell patterns, but in third person, eventually get to bosses, get some narrative, keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a lot I like about this game. Um, despite being very difficult, it feels very, very responsive and very well made. Um... I was never finding myself blaming the game for my deaths. I consistently felt very in control and like the game was giving me every chance possible to be good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the system they have around cursed reward items. Um, so, you know, with a lot of like your Bindings of Isaac and Hades and games like that, you will sometimes get like, hey, have an extra item that'll, you know, boost up your stats but it'll come with a trade-off and, you know, something like that. Maybe it'll last a few rooms. Um, the way that this game handles that is cursed items will have a probability of causing you a negative downside, and, you know, it might be, oh, there's a low chance of that causing causing you problems, all the way up to extreme chance. Yeah. And uh, there, there are very few feelings in this game as good as picking up an extreme chance of cursing your item and it doesn't curse you. Mm-hmm. Um... And generally, if it does give you a curse, it'll give you a very concrete way to get rid of it that you will probably eventually do in gameplay anyway, such as, 
oh, go find a parasite upgrade, or go pick up this many of the uh, the currency that you spend during runs, or things like that. Um, but yeah, it's got a really good tone to it. Uh, it feels very aliens. Uh, very, very, very alien, uh, very alien-esque setting and tone and some of the crit- Oh, it's, it's fun playing a third- it's a, it's a good third-person shooter, bullet hell, roguelike. It's trying to be a lot of things at once and it sometimes gets a little muddled in that, but I've had a lot of fun playing it. It's, it's a very polished roguelike. Uh, what about you? What are you? Oh, you've not played anything no, else, have that's you? That's it. I'm done. Uh, I played one other thing this week. Tell us about it. Tell us. I am a few hours deep into playing through the demo for Metopia. Ooh, I watched you do some of this. It's adorable. Yeah, you've made a little mix. Yeah, oh, me. Yeah. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know about Metopia, it was a late, a late generation release for the 3DS that's now coming coming to the Switch. Um. It's it's a little RPG where you put me's in. So do you want the big bad villain to be a boo from Mario and the bumbling guard outside the castle to be Nigel Thornberry? You can do that. Um, and Cosmignon has done a beautiful selection of indeed. Dice characters. The wonderful Cosmignon has done a big batch of very well-made Dice Funk character me's that are available. Mm. Um and they are populating my game quite considerably. Um, there is a Neelith me that is currently in the party of adventurers with us because they took the chef role. They're a little chef. Um, it is a fairly mechanically simple RPG. The joy in it is mainly in the silly, light-hearted nonsense that comes about from ah, that's me and my girlfriends doing if doing a magic fight. <laughs> like that's the thing. You can you can build up relationship stats, which involves going going on lots of very gay dates, which has been very nice. Oh. Um, I I scanned a bunch of amiibo to get little outfits that I could dress everyone up in. That's pretty good. You're a warrior dressed like a bee currently. Oh. Uh, that demo was surprisingly beefy. Beef. There is there is a lot of demo in that demo. Beefy. Beefy. Yeah, because at some point while I was playing, you were like, "How how much how much demo is there here?" I was like, yeah, oh. it's been a, a couple of hours at that point. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of demo in this demo. It's a it's a it's a big beefy demo. It's a chunky demo. Yeah, there is enough there to to really sink your teeth into, and the save data carries over to the full game, so. If you just want a light-hearted, not particularly difficult RPG where you can go like, "That's me in there," this this is this is a fun way to do that. Yeah. Uh, well, that's everything I've played this week. Well, then, <gasps> after this. So just just say just let me let me check. So I've had my second one. You've got your second one booked for next week. Yeah, what yeah. We, when's your one? Uh, I've still got like a month left, but like it, it's That's not going to be a huge soon. amount of time. You know, it's so, fairly soon. So, so Jan, are you ready to get us back into the world? Oh yeah, I'm. Ah oh, yeah, I I'm so excited to get back to D to D and D. I'm I'm so ready to to DM again. Um, well, um, we're so ready to to play with you. I mean, the world you've made it's it's always been just so fantastic and in depth. And uh, you know the way you've always managed to keep all those story threads, yeah. just you know, up in the air going, even when we split the party. And yeah, 
And and we've had like a whole year since Exactly. I imagine you've been brewing away with some things. Oh, 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 if you only knew what I've done with the last year of uh, definitely planning DM story stuff. I have, I have snacks on standby. I am so ready for us to have our jabs. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I, I've got to head off. Um, it's been really lovely having this this call. Uh, I can't wait to do that D&D with you all again soon. Oh, I've got so much story ready. So hype. So hype to play. Okay. Okay. We have uh, the call. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I have... I haven't, I haven't prepared anything in a year. It's been a year of not DMing. Oh god, oh god. Um, what, what was the story even? What was the story? We, we were, we try to probably save the world. That seems like it would make sense. It was, it's probably that. Oh god, where have I even put my binder full of DMs notes? Uh, uh, have we done that bit of the adventure yet? Or did I just think it up and think it would be good to do? And maybe we haven't done it yet. Uh, uh, oh god, oh gosh, oh gosh, I am not ready. I am not prepared for this. Jan, we can still hear you. That was me workshopping my new character. <laughs> <laughs> the stressed virtual DM <laughs> fantasy master. Oh, I can't stand you. Can't stand you. You're oh god, you're bloody awful this one, eh? Hey, hey you bloody arsehole. Don't know why I spent time. Don't know why I spent any time with you either. Yeah, Bl- bloody yeah, just just the worst. Oh. Just the worst. oh, coy. Oh, you smell. You smell oh. bad. Oh, you got bad taste in everything. Oh. Oh, do the night. Hey, <laughs> just the worst. Just literally the worst people on earth. Just ah, oh, just ah. Oh, there's there's nothing worse, is there? Yeah. Nothing worse. Oh, just, yeah, just you, you, you. Oh, I you can't stand you. Oh, worst person on earth. Oh, I would, oh. I would literally kill you. Oh, I would literally kill you. Literally, yeah. Best, best friend. Yeah. Best friend. Though, yeah. Yeah, 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 it wouldn't have anyone away, wouldn't have anyone away, but I fucking hate you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I fucking hate you. Oh. In a fun way. Oh. <laughs> Because this is how it sounds when neurotypicals are bantering at each other. I don't get it. It sounds so aggressive and you all sound like you hate each other. I mean, this bleeds over into the whole everyone hating their wives thing. I don't understand. I don't understand it. Although, from what I can tell, they do seem genuinely disgruntled by... I don't know why they hate their friends. I don't know why they hate their friends or their partners. Can they not just get on? I don't understand it. I don't understand. Banter is confusing and scary. Just want people to be nice and hold hands. Mm -hmm. If they want to hold hands, they don't have to. (laughs) Comfort for all. And no raised voices. So, (gasps) what have you put in your eye needs? I watched something that I did not think would be be my jam but it turned out to be pretty good how jammy was that jam uh so i watched a show called peeper do and the super fuck friends sure yeah so this was something that was recommended like it showed up in youtube recommendations and i was like i'm morbidly curious let's find out um this is an animated show made by a production company that primarily for the past like 10 years has worked on children's animated tv and was like, I just want to work on something fucking different for a bit. So they kickstarted an adult animated show about sex education mm-hmm. that is taught through the lens of, like, it's 
it's got that very Happy Tree Friends kind of energy of um, child-friendly aesthetic that clearly has adult content in it, um, but instead of being violence, it's sex content, and but it it clearly it clearly relies a little bit on ha 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 gross gross out humor, but it does so basically as a gateway to be like ha 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 isn't that funny? Let's have a conversation about consent while we're here. Mm-hmm. Like ha 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 isn't that funny? But also don't kink shame. Ha 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 isn't that funny? But also like old people can have fulfilling sex lives and don't have grapefruit juice if you're on like Viagra's medication because it'll stop it working. I mean, don't have fa- fa- grapefruit juice for lots of medication. Oh, indeed, for lots of medication, but specifically for sex reasons, they were like, "Yeah, th- th- this is one of the medications it'll fuck with." Just don't, don't, don't with grapefruit juice. It's Gra- not worth it. Grapefruit it's bitter. Ju- it's unpleasant, and it interacts with a load of medications. Indeed, it does. Uh, but now I know wh- why it interacts with uh, with Viagra. It's not because it interferes with the medication itself. It's just that it has the opposite effect on blood vessels. Uh, one constricts blood vessels and the other dilates them, and the two sort of cancel each other out. Facts. The more you know. Yeah. So I I done learned some facts from mm-hmm. this uh, from this this wheel or show. Um, I it here's where I went from. Oh, this is an f- interesting curiosity. To okay, I feel kind of safe recommending this. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a trans character in it, mm-hmm. and I braced like. Fuck. Understandably. That was that was coming up. Given our experience with the Shrek musical. Yeah, uh, in passing, the Shrek musical. Don't, 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 if you don't want to hear the T-slur just dropped ten minutes out the gate. But they uh, Apparently they only recorded it once, and while they have changed the sh- stage show, they haven't changed the recording. It's just mm-hmm. gone up on Netflix. Um, but yeah, no, uh, to, to very much simplify um, this, this trans character in, in this show... Um, there's a little bit of simplified language, but the, the the basic idea is character is like, hey, goes goes to Doctor, who is basically like, oh, Doctor Pussycat the Sex Doctor, and is basically like, hey, hey, I'm not feeling super comfortable in, in myself and my body and my gender. And the end of the episode, like when it comes back to being a thing, is very quickly and matter-of-factly... Yeah, I should be happy with who I am. Please call me Evelyn now. And change his outfit. And that is all that is ever said about it. And everyone is very positive and supportive afterwards. And it wasn't a joke in any way. And I was like... The bare minimum, it's about fucking time. Honestly, in a show like this where it's like, ha ha ha, gross out adult humour... The bare minimum is millions of miles ahead of most things. Mm-hmm. If if a show like this can avoid taking the easy laugh, ha ha ha, trans people, I'm generally willing to go. Hey, this is probably going to be fairly safe to watch. I can probably trust this not to be terrible. See, so, yeah, it's it's very sexually explicit. But if you're curious about like five minute long episodes of a of a of an animated comedy thing that tries to teach about sex concepts. Mm-hmm. It's I it was interesting. I'm I'm glad I gave it some time. What about you? What have you watched this week? We watched the SpongeBob musical. It's vastly superior to the, the Shrek musical. The Shrek musical we watched. Yeah, hell yeah. The SpongeBob musical's legitimately really good. It's got some really good tunes in it. I very much liked a lot of the costuming. Oh. Um, they did an amazing job with Squidward's costume with the four yeah. legs. Oh, yes. So 
all of the the character casting in this is very good. Like they're not trying to mimic the characters from the cartoon to to the letter. They're, they're for giving... example, Mr. Krabs is just a a fairly broad guy wearing giant boxing gloves. Exactly. Um, and like they they capture the general archetypes that are going on without being beholden to let's make this identical to how it was performed before. Yeah. SpongeBob is an a, adorable twink. Yeah. In his like very <laughs> short shots. Oh yeah. Um it doesn't try and follow like it also doesn't try and follow the story of a particularly well known uh SpongeBob episode. It's not like trying to do the like, ah, let's do that episode you all know, but as a musical. Yeah, I mean you will hear it's the best day ever, which is from an episode. You but, will, like... but they hold it they hold it right it's the only bit of I think like fan service y thing they do and they hold it so. real late. Yeah. Um it's clearly there to they use it for a reason. It's yeah. not T- too tacky. It's, yeah, yeah. I think they've done a great job. Oh, Plankton's act is great. Oh, Plankton was amazing. Plankton was amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Th- uh, there's there's a few musical numbers that maybe could have been trimmed. It maybe had a little bit of bloat here and there, but like overall, it, it wasn't was overly long for a musical. Yeah, it's, it's about two hours, yeah. and. I think they did a really good job of it. I enjoyed Patrick. Oh, Patrick! Patrick's actor was great. <laughs> um, I very much enjoyed um, bisexual, flamboyant news reporter. Um, non-binary news reporter. Like the first time I we saw it was them, non-binary we... was it? Yes. First time we saw them, like, are they wearing a non-binary flag? They, they've got a very non-binary outfit uh, color scheme going on, it, especially like in the first shot you see them, where they're sort of just like from, yeah. like from tummy up. Yes. And it's like purple oh, hair. That fabulous uh, purple sort of wave on the hair mm, is wonderful. It's really good. Yeah. Um, and the sardines. Yeah. It, it's just a very wholesome, light-hearted, fun musical. It's... Yeah. I I recommend it a lot. Oh, they, did a, they did great work with the set work. Yeah, like the uh, the whole thing of the um, moving the cages full of boxes around. Yes, for climbing, for climbing, the, for mountain. climbing the mountain. Yeah... Like with just three cages, they managed to like get a whole like ten minute piece of them climbing the mountain, and it genuinely felt like they were going through different types yeah. of terrain. They did a very good job with sparse but very evocative bits of set dressing, such mm-hmm. as the pool noodles for coral and <laughs> oh the the kelp. Yeah, the, the, the kelp, noodles. the pool noodles. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. It's, it's it's quite joyous. Yeah, I I really like the musical numbers in it. Um, so one thing about this musical is that every musical number was done by a different sort of mainstream pop artist, mm-hmm. and it gives the show like they they it keeps it feeling fresh every musical number. It never feels like oh I've heard this song already. Mm. Um, which is good. Yeah, it's, it's it's a real nice musical. I, I just remember the whole thing with Sally and just thinking like all of us sitting there going. Oh, uh, mm, yeah, mm, yeah. So Sally is played by a black woman, and there is a scene where what is it? Mammals go home. Uh, land we... mammals go home. Yeah, yeah. So there is an there is a plot line that is about hey, you're different from all of us. Get out of here. You're not welcome in our community. With your science. And, yeah, it's it's very uh, it's very clearly a a. Uh, a racism allegory that is like it's not necessarily handled badly it's just no but it very... was just a moment of Hoo. 
it's it's it suddenly comes out of nowhere and you're like, oh, 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 we were having a light-hearted time. Are we ready for this? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of Also sp- because most of the fish that are, that have built that sign are yeah, white. Yeah, yeah, well, I think that's deliberate. Mm. Um that being said, a lot of this musical's plot felt very, very timely and appropriate this year in terms of um Skepticism of science mm. being a major concern, even when the end of the world <laughs> seems very imminent. But they had a charismatic leader. Yeah, yeah, the charismatic person telling you don't work, don't, don't, don't listen, listen to, to scientists. scientists. Bury your head in the sand. That's what the politicians tell you. Yep, yep, yeah. SpongeBob musical's good. It's good. It's very yeah. good. Yeah, go check it out. It's a good musical. <laughs> you watched anything else? Um, what else have I watched? I, 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 Vamping for time. Vamping for time. Vamping for time. Oh, I found a new train video to watch. It's a very good train video. I like it very much. Uh, This is The Gan, Australia's Greatest Train Journey 2017. (laughs) So this is a three hour long documentary about uh, the world's longest passenger train in Australia, which takes a three-day journey from the south coast of Australia to the north coast of Australia. It mm. is over a kilometre long, this train. Um, it is a very, very big, very long train. Long. Uh, and this is a three-hour documentary that condenses three days of train into three hours. has little facts about uh, Australia and the places you're going through and the construction of the railway and the, the type of train. It's a beautiful shot. It's a little bit of train. Uh, and it has lots and lots of different uh, viewing perspectives and angles and shots so that you... It's, it's like messing with all the view buttons in, <laughs> in Train Simulator. Um, it is a fantastic, wonderful, long watch train video that I have been really, really enjoying. Mm-hmm. I have one criticism of it. And I... My criticism of this is that it's clearly made by people on in Australia and it glosses over the likely deaths of some Aboriginal people in the construction of the railway. Because the uh, one of the factoids talks about uh, Aboriginal workers working on the railway and then the next factoid talks about lots of workers who worked on the railway died. And it glosses over what I imagine is probably we forced Aboriginal people to work on this train line and they and they died. Probably that's what happened. Um, it feels very, like... We're just going to skim over that one. Um, it's, it's one pair of on-screen bits of text being a little bit glossy overy in a three-hour video. It's not ideal, but... The bulk of this is a very satisfying train video. I've been very much enjoying. It's a very good train video. Trains, 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 trains. I know I said this last week, but I went on trains last week. Trains, trains. Miss trains. Trains are good. Trains are good. This is having gone on actual trains has not dampened my excitement for train videos at all. If anything, it's made me go. Yeah, trains are good. Let's watch more of them. Trains, 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 trains. This will pass again soon, but trains. Trains. <laughs> what about you? What do you watch this week? Uh, I've watched a load of pixel art videos, which is weird because I have no intention to make pixel art. Mm. It has helped me like with some ideas about um, character design stuff, because I have been trying to draw something 
for about two months and I just keep going, I've got no idea. Um, so recently I got an idea and I've been using um, a concept I learned from the pixel art videos about um, just making your silhouette first ah. and then just putting the different values in in grayscale first. So mm. you can get just a feel for this that will work at like any scale. So that I think that's sort of hopefully improving this piece of art I'm desperately trying to work on. Um, so the videos I've been watching, I've been by uh, Brandon, Brandon James Greer on YouTube and Adam C. Yonis. Um, they both do some really nice um, small scale art stuff. It's, it's mostly pixel art stuff, but like yeah. just the concept of like doing art just as, as small as possible is... is been quite interesting and in, in learning stuff about posing at that scale and and how you do those things. Yeah. And I think it's um, Brandon that did a video of uh, Spirited Away in pixel art style. Ah. And it's the uh, scene where um, they're having the conversation over the river mm. and the, the wolf is looking kind of sad. Yeah. Um, yeah, just done like Game Boy Advance style. Yeah. It's really nicely done and just like watching like all the trees being built and the the various techniques for that and, and how that was done is very cool. Yeah. And also I just really like pixel art. It enjoys reminds me of the sort of sixteen bit era that I grew up with. So it's sort of homely without without being like just sticking with the old stuff. Oh, yay. Oh, what about you? Uh, we watched a thing together. We watched a uh, the first few episodes of a Netflix show called Shadow and Bone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Shadow and Bone is an adaptation of a young adult novel series. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it had that feel, didn't it? It did. I couldn't put my finger on why, but you knew exactly why. Oh, yeah, no. There's, there, there was a scene where it was like, here is all the 10 to 12 year olds discovering they have magical powers, except here's a get out clause of how you, who is older than that, might not have discovered yet that you actually have those powers. Uh. It's it's very young adult uh, fantasy set up. Um, yeah. So yeah, the idea is that this is uh, a world where people have control of various elements. It's very Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm -hmm. You've got your... People who can bend certain elements, that element needs to be present for them to manipulate it. They're not creating it out of nothing. Um, I don't think they are. Are they not? Because the 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 special power of the main hero. Well, okay. the 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 main The main hero, yeah, a little bit. Um, and so, the darkling, I don't think, has to have darkness. Right? Well, the 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 wind and stone and fire, I think, need to have those elements. Because I think there's a whole conversation about like we're not making this out of nowhere, like. They're channeling it from somewhere. Um, but generally, it's, hey, magical powers themed around elements. Um, there's this big um, void that is uh, basically splitting the two halves of this nation apart uh, that is full of monsters and people enter and they never leave and it's made of dark shadow magic. And our protagonist, oh, you're the one person that has been foretold in Destiny that can summon light and can maybe get rid of the big shadow darkness void. Spoilers for the end of episode one. I I mean, <laughs> yeah, I that's, that's fairly base premise stuff, I think. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, go, go on adventures of what, we, what are we going to do now we know you're the chosen one. Yeah, you've also got some sort of motley criminal group that are... Yeah. Um, 
trying to get basically out of their criminal lifestyle. They're trying to do the yeah. heist of the century. Yeah, the heist of the century that probably involves the protagonist. Probably. Um, yeah, it's been it's been well acted. Uh, I've I've been enjoying some of like the world building and the tone. Yeah, I'm. I am curious about some of it because yeah. I read the Wikipedia for the sort of the outline of it. Yeah, and they talk about like uh, they mentioned Prague at one point, and we've talked about how most of the text in the show appears to be Russian. I don't yeah. read Russian, but it, it looks like Russian characters. It's. I. I think it's not quite Russian. Ah. I think it's knockoff Russian. Russish. Russish. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think they've mentioned, like, a couple of other places that are sort of, like, have vaguely European, Northern yeah, European Yeah, it seems like maybe this is our real world in the, in the future, maybe? Yeah, uh, also the fact that somebody referred to the, the king as Monsal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I'm intrigued, <laughs> I want to know more, we're very early on in it. It's... Well. Good, good slow burn at the start, but I'm intrigued. The 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 like graphics for the the powers and stuff have been quite yeah, cool so far. Yeah. I am curious to know where it goes. Apparently, it's uh, eight episodes that have been done for Netflix, and it uh, encompasses the first trilogy of um, uh, um, Shadow and Bone. Shadow and Bone. It's the the first. I keep wanting to call it Storm and something. Um, yeah, it's the first trilogy included that includes Shadow and Bone, and the trilogy after that. Uh, or the duology after that. Yeah. So it's five books squeezed into eight episodes that are like 45 minutes long. Uh, what about you? You want to do anything else? Uh, I think that's it for me. What about you? I think that's everything I've watched. Well then, time for this. Got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you. How do you feel about uh, Topiary? Uh, oh, I love a good sort of um, well-maintained shrub. A well-maintained bush. Yes. Yes. Well, in that <laughs> sort of genre. <laughs> have you considered womanscaped.lol.net? Oh, oh. If, oh, I see. If you happen to be the kind of person who engages a little bit of minge topiary. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, if you happen to be someone who scapes, landscapes you down below, ah. womanscape.lol.net. I mean... I I'm mean, not sure about the name, but yeah. I mean, I would I would rather see adverts for this than the, the, the ball-shaving ones that have been going around. I, I mean, I would rather put a pair of shaved balls in my mouth than a pair of hairy ones. I mean, agreed. But I don't need you to tell me about ball shaving. <laughs> I'm not your, I'm not your target market. No, no. Well, maybe they're thinking that you might, you know, have a a ball having person kicking around. <laughs> You're like those hairy tennis balls. Get them out. Get them off my chin. Clearly, the algorithm doesn't know me at all. I mean, if you've done anything like I have, where you've turned off all of your advertising settings, and now you get adverts for things like. Industrial presses <laughs> and industrial cleaning equipment oh. and lab for equipment. Do you need beakers? <laughs> oh, I know somewhere that will get you some good beakers. Oh, so this is womanscaped.lol.net and enter the code QNPS166 and you can get all number of special. I, I mean, it's just a just just a really good razor. Just a really good razor. 
for for your downstairs. Yeah, it's it's got like a, a little edging thing. If Ooh. you look at you look at the thing, it just oh. like you can flip it over, and at one end, it's just got like an edger on it, so you can wow. just do your bikini line. Oh, that's not what I thought an edger was for. <laughs> uh, no, that's the vibrating edger that's ah. different, and you have to be really careful with the blade on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, despite the name, you can just go to womanscape.lol.net. Anyone who wants to do a bit of pubic topiary, go for it. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Hi. Hi. Uh, so we've got a we got a problem again. Uh, another one. I know they keep Solemn happening. JPEG. Solemn JPEG, indeed. So, uh, the gamers TM. Yeah, yeah, money, 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 money but money. but occasionally there's a problem with money. I don't. Oh, like I know, I know. Occasionally they disagree about what they want video games to be, and that's not good because you know we want all of them to buy the video games. Yeah. So here's here's today's you know, gamer spat. Um. Some of them want video games to be impossibly hard all the time. Yeah, they want to be the guy. Exactly. Anything other than the only difficulty mode is incredibly hard and you will never complete it. And it's it's going to burn your fingers off if you try and play it. That's the only way video games If you don't have RSI by the end of it, you are not a true gamer. If you're not like that one video game from back in a couple of decades back where you had to spin it with your palm to do the mini games and yep. you had blisters in your palms. Yeah, if, lose an entire hand to that. Exactly. If you're not going to get grain green in your hand, you're not gaming enough. If it's ne not necrotizing, you're not a gamer. You Ex are not the dark soul. Exactly. But problem is... Right. The vast majority of people cannot play games at that difficulty and do not want to play games at that difficulty. Well, well no, they just, you know, they say that, to, you know, it's, uh, it's elitism. The kind we really like. Exactly. So we need a way to put easy modes in games without making the people that don't want easy modes in games be upset that there's an easy mode in the game. Right. So, um, something semantic, perhaps. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So here's what I'm thinking. Sure. I, th I think it's a branding issue. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, if we put an easy mode in a game, we, we give it some kind of uh, name that, uh, you know, destigmatizes it, makes it something that all the gamers will want to play. Right. You know, maybe maybe that's a way we can we can sort of backdoor it in. Right, right. Uh, have, you got, have you got anything on the list? I've been, I've been working on some stuff. Sure. Um, how about, how about, uh, let me, let me pull this up. Um, true hardcore gamer mode. True hardcore, yeah. The, yeah. the real gaming mode. And then, like, a, a little insulting thing, maybe on the difficulty page, and it's like, uh, if you don't play on this level, you're, uh, a tiny baby. Like, you're an embryo. You're, you're barely a, a, a zygote. Exactly. Because here's, here's the thing. Here's yeah. the thing. You know, they might twig. They might work it out. They might go, oh, this is actually easy mode. But, like... Picture the semantics from them when they have to go on Twitter or whatever and start going, I hate that, uh, the, I hate that so many people play the game on true hardcore gamer mode. They should get on my level and play it on normal, normal. mode. Yeah. You know, that's, that's gonna look, that's gonna look real bad for them. So, you know, they, they're probably gonna have to just drop the whole, uh, yeah, whole argument right there. Bunch of defaults. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not uh, brave enough to play on true hardcore gamer mode where you have a fun time that's more balanced for the average consumer. You are a fucking genius. <laughs> I know. So, <gasps> You have 
poured things into your ears. I listen to a lot. Where, so many years. Where should I even start? Let where me... would you even start? Yeah. Uh, okay, so I listened to some new tracks this week. I've been listening to new music. Um, I'll go through like the other tracks and then we'll get to the drum and bass at the end. Um, so I listened to a track called Cotton Tongue by a band called Nailbiter. I've been there. Uh, slightly nasally, slightly gothy femme vocalist over like very power chord driven studio punk, like that sort of slightly polished sound. Um, really unique vocal quality and the ways that the vocals mix with the melody are really engaging. Uh, there's a track called Ten, Ten Simple Murders by the Future Kings of Nowhere. Uh, it's a sort of folk punk track, uh, very storytelling heavy, um, almost spoken word lyrics um, about a killer's escalating spree um, through through ten kills from accidental kill that wasn't meant to happen up until where the narrative ends. It is a wonderful bit of storytelling done to music that is very engaging, that I enjoyed very much. Mm -hmm. uh, I very much enjoyed a track called Fire Fire by David Michael Bennett. Uh, very laid-back uh, acoustic guitar track about a fire on a space station and the loneliness of knowing there's nowhere to go. Very sombre, but very interesting track. Um, I also listened to a track called How To Be Alone by Alison Wees. Important life skill. Uh, stripped, it's, it's a sort of stripped back power chord rock with a really nice melodic vocal line over it about learning to exist alone after existing with someone for a long time. Hmm. And then we get to the drum and bass. Drum and bass. Drum, drum and, and bass. bass. So I... I've been listening to a track on loop this week. Um, when I was traveling, when I was traveling like a week ago, I was listening to this track a bunch. It's called Breathe by Champion and Vila. Uh, really lovely bit of like multiple layered uh, liquid drum and bass with lots and lots of layers of sound to unpack that are very pleasant. Um, really nice vocal line on it. Mm -hmm. It's it's a good track, isn't it? It's a it? good track. Um, which you were like, what genre is this? I was like, that's drum and bass. I was like, I know it's my baby. It's <laughs> drum and bass, but like, is there like a subgenre of drum and bass? And you're like, really oh. fall into a subgenre. Yeah. So I've been going through drum and bass, being like, no, no, no. Ooh, that. Yeah. Uh, so I've been I've been finding some some nice sort of uh, flowy liquid drum and bassy Ooh. stuff. Um, so, uh. Also, side note, this was just a different track that I was very into. Uh, Follow Me by Shock One, which I'm pretty sure you've talked about on this show before. Yeah. Uh, that has that sort of um, automated, uh, like, computer-generated voice going on. I don't yeah. know if it's actually that or if it's a... Some... I'm pretty sure it's computer-generated voice because I think it's the same computer-generated voice that Adam Freeland used for We Want Your Soul way back I in think the so. early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. So it's... It is a very aggressive computer voice being like, hey, follow me on all the social platforms or you're going to lose your fucking, fucking mind. Sorry. Yeah. Very, very aggressively demanding you do it, but to a good beat. Um, mm -hmm. But yes, the other bits of, of music I found this week. Um, Nothing for Free by Pendulum. Yay. I did that thing where it's like, oh, this is a really good trick. Oh, it's of Pendulum. Of course it's Pendulum. <laughs> of course it's Pendulum. I mean, look. 
<laughs> Pendulum make good music. Pendulum make some good music. They make some good music. It's there is. Are a... they still making music? I don't. know I I don't know. I know we did this at uh, New Year's uh, yeah, when we were yeah, listening yeah. to music. We were like, oh, who's that? Oh, it's Pendulum. Oh, of course it's Pendulum. Of course it's Pendulum. Like, I, I always mean to look up the the who does this track because I really enjoy. Yeah. Oh, it's Pendulum. Of course it's Pendulum. <laughs> Uh, I also enjoyed a track called Words by Faint and Ooh. Laura Brem. Faint. Who, tell us about Faint. I don't know much about... I don't know who Faint are. Uh, Faint, boy genius. Um, basically, uh, I think made... You know, the other track I mentioned to you today was My Sunset. Yes. Which I think he made when he was like 15. Mm. Like he's been making drum and bass from a very early age, and it's to an incredible yeah. quality. My sunset is a real somber track. It's yeah. it's 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 definitely not as upbeat, but it is a yeah. gorgeous, powerful it's a bit of music. Beautiful progression to a piece of music. Um, yeah, but yeah, a little bit more melancholy to that one. Yeah, uh, and then the last one that I stumbled upon was uh, Ghost Assassin original mix. By Maduk and Vila. Maduk! Is Maduk, they they good too? They good too. Um, you've definitely heard the track Feel Good. Probably. Feel good. Yeah, yeah. I... I'm very bad at recognising who people are in, in this uh, genre. To, to, be, to be fair, the only reason I know that is because the rave I regularly used to go to... There is like a whole community around that rave yes. that have a spreadsheet made that, with every track they ever play. Yeah, that spreadsheet's wonderful. That's how I found like a lot of my favourite drum and bass tunes. That same event uh, has their like, hey, go back and listen to the set list. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you listen to it through like uh, VLC, it'll have the track name and the artist mm-hmm. come up down the bottom. So I've been like, oh, I really enjoyed a track last night and I don't remember it. I'm just going to put this on and hope it comes up again and yep. so I can find out what it is. Mm-hmm. Also, you can hear all those songs that you missed because you were in the toilet or queuing for the toilet. I mean that too, yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you? What have you listened to? Uh, I listened to an, uh, uh, another album by The Warriors. Oh, yeah. I need to find it now because apparently I lost the thing. I had uh, it. Oh, I had it. Oh, you, d- oh, you did have oh, it. Oh, it's uh, something pop. A survival pop extend, uh, extended <laughs> album version. Uh, it's available on Bandcamp and it's more good queer core sounds. Like everything from your good hard, hard rock punky sounds to more sort of like somber ballady bits. It's, um Yeah. I'm I'm really enjoying the Warriors, uh, like slowly going backwards through their discography. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. They have good vocal lines. They have some beautiful melodies, and some good sort of punky, yeah, some good punky sounds. They're I good. Like it. They're yeah. a good. They're a good one. They're a good ones. Yeah. Have you listened to anything else? That's it for me this week. Well then, on to this. Oh, it's lovely out, isn't it? Oh, it's gorgeous. Oh, do you want to see a <laughs> trip to the museum? Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Look at all wow. this empty space. I hear oh. they are turning this into housing. <gasps> I mean, that is a good use of the space. There yeah. are people who need housing. Got rid of the Rosetta Stone. Marbles returned. Indeed. The thing's back where they belong. Oh. Wow. 
I mean, what else have you got here? I mean, we have... Don't get me wrong, there is a the gift shop still here. Oh, yes, yes. And we've got, like, all the things we found in those Roman burial mounds. There's a lot of coins and arrowheads and, you know, just yeah. the usual stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anything from a Roman invasion. Some, some pottery, some light pottery. Yeah. Oh. But, um, yeah, the rest of it, we're just knocking it all into uh, individual <sighs> units for, for housing. I mean, that sounds wonderful. Beautiful old building, this. Oh, oh I know. Lovely. Mm, mm. Oh, I'll tell you what we should do after this. We should take a, 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 a trip down to uh, Buckingham Palace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard my landlord's head is on a spike on the gate there now. <gasps> oh, fancy. Yeah. How'd they get a spot there? Well, they did take all of the landlords down to Buckingham Palace and just shoot them in the in in the the main guard area. Oh, I mean, front. there's a lot of landlords. I I didn't know they had enough spikes for them all. Well, yeah, apparently there's because it's it's quite a long fence all I the way around. I suppose so. It is quite a long fence. Landlords, Tories, but of course yeah. we put just chuck the Tories in the bin because they didn't deserve the glory. Yeah, yeah. So it, housing much easier to come by these days. Ah. Oh. How lovely. Ah, revolution did wonders for us all. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Hello. Uh, uh, hi. Back from my jab. What, the, 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 the COVID one? Had the COVID jab. What? I, I'm terribly sorry to ask. What? Is, is that a... It is a 5G antenna. That's, that's a 5G antenna. Yeah. You wait, got a you, discount on all the cybernetic implants when I, I, I offered to be a 5G antenna. Oh, so this isn't you got the COVID vaccine and you now now 5G is a thing. No, 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 no. That would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. On the way home, I met this very, oh, just near the, the jab centre, I met this very charismatic sort of cybernetics salesperson and apparently there's been having difficulty getting 5G uh, like um, aerials put up because oh. like housing associations and tenants associations are like trying to stop them all. But if you volunteer to have one installed, they'll give you all the, look at this, I can control my body temperature with a dial now. Oh, heck. I mean, I can, I can, I can, I've got heat vision. This does mean I'm going to get fast internet now. Right. I mean... COVID, even if it had been the COVID jab that done it, five five G seems like a worthwhile price. I mean, you're welcome to use my five G. Thank you. Awesome. Want a cup of tea? Got a button for that now. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Mary. How you doing? Uh, I've uh, booked me booked me vaccine, mate. Oh, you booked your vaccine? Yeah. Oh gosh, how uh, that happening soon, is it? Yeah, well, you know, I am, uh, I am over forty, so uh, I'm, I'm now within the bracket for the local area. Yeah, yeah. So, as soon as I, as soon as I could, booked in. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Ah, uh, I mean, I work out it's going to be somewhere around August before I can, you know, actually even, you know, consider myself to be like past. As safe as one could be at this point. Yeah, yeah. Sort of what ninety five percent that is I, what you're I believe that aiming is, that for. Is what they're estimating. Yeah, here. yeah. That's the thing. I've seen a lot of people who've been getting theirs recently. Have been you know coming into the age bracket. Yeah. And, uh, I've seen a lot of people who have seemingly taken it as an excuse to be like, aha, I have had one jab, therefore 
I don't need a mask anymore, and oh I can go, you know, out in the street in big crowds again, and it's all fine. Uh, oh, dear, oh dear. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, people not realizing that the day you have your first jab is not the finish line. No, indeed, the day that you have your second jab is not the finish well, line. Well, this either. is it. I think there's a lot of people who haven't either don't know or haven't paid attention or don't care about the fact that uh, your first jab takes somewhere in the region of 10 to 14 days to have any effect to have any any noticeable effect and then you know that effect is about 40 percent for some of the vaccines which is worse than a coin toss uh at protecting you which is like you know that is a measure more protection than you had that is great but it is not go go cavalier and be you know thoughtless about it exactly yeah yeah and then second vaccine you need about two weeks to really ramp up to that 95 percent yeah, that is the concern. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people who were like, I've had my first jab back out in the society. And it's like, yeah. Down nah, above. you've still got a little ways to go, friends. Yeah, it's been deeply concerning seeing people, you know, the the pubs filling up and like my Facebook feed full of people. It's like, yeah, we've, we were having parties again. We're in people's back gardens. Like, you, you, you're not part of a social bubble there friends you're uh yeah. you seem to just be partying like none of this ever happened i mean look if you're gonna do that at least you know go above and beyond uh you know the fact that you've had your first vaccine wear masks still still keep sensible distances where you can you know perhaps even uh do rapid uh rapid tests you know but be aware that they are not 100 accurate but yeah, yeah. you know use them as a barometer to be like there is a good chance that i'm safe you know yeah like don't don't take the fact you've been you've had one of your jabs to mean everything is normal again you know have other precautions in mind and stay safe. Yeah, I mean, especially when we've just had that huge fucking march up in London, the, uh, oh, the London protest, what, a couple of weeks ago now? A week yeah. ago. And, uh, yeah, that was deeply concerning. And I, I can oh, see there'll gosh. be a massive, uh, massive infections as a result of all of that nonsense. Yeah, you saw the bloody fucking people that had the... Uh, compa- comparing themselves to Jewish people in the Holocaust. Uh, yes, comparisons. that was... Uh, one of, one of the most problematic things at that uh, at that particular event. I'm, I mean, unfortunately, I had to uh, go out to a, a, a doctor's appointment that yeah. day, and uh, consequently, I was very concerned that I was going to have to, you know, try and get back home before London started emptying out. Yeah. Although, from the sounds of it, I don't think they left until bloody late at night. So, yeah. uh, well. I'm glad you're getting your first jab, and yeah, well, you know, if that at least starts the clock going for you being safe, I'm, I'm yeah. a little ways off yet. But well, obviously, you know, I'm not going to uh, put you at risk, mate. But well, uh, exactly. certainly, very much looking forward to uh, that uh, us being that bit closer to actually getting that that hug. That hug, yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's been too long. I am, Definitely I am ready for that physical yeah. hug. I could really do with it. Yeah, same, mate. Same. Right. Virtual hug, virtual hug, mate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, I feel a bit sleepy myself, mate. I might uh, uh, head for a nap. Yeah, save, save. Sleep well, sleep well. Sleep well. Oh, nice. So, Me? Where can we find you on the internet? Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, every Friday I upload episodes of Accessibility, which is a series of videos all about accessibility and representation in the games industry. 
this week is all about Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. <laughs> I definitely know what that game's called and 100%. didn't didn't have to ask Jane to robot voice over my lines. Um, uh, I stream on Twitch Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 10 p.m. UK, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Uh, yeah, 2 p.m. Pacific. Um, Mondays are typically indie game streams. Fridays are Fixation Friday, where I'm currently doing a lot of Train Simulator streams. Um, I also have uh, books, Uncomfortable Labels. That's out now. It's about about being autistic and trans. Things I learned from Mario's butt. That's about Mario's butt. It's got pictures in it and video game characters and stuff. Uh, Gender Euphoria is all about positive gender-affirming stories from from non-cis people. It's a good good time and backers will be getting that book real soon it'll be on sale officially on june 10th 2021 i got copies in my office it's very pretty i can see them they're beautiful it's a beautiful book uh and then there's podcasts uh pixel squirts about video game character pornography um there's also podquisition where we tell you whether your favorite video games are great or perfect and Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Uh, every season's its own story, so you can just jump into whichever one. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, seven, and now season eight. I'm also on another podcast with you that isn't this one. That'll be Polyamory. It's a yeah, D&D well. edition real play podcast with questionable morals. Uh, we just had a new episode of that up last week. Um... Where you you were still in Felixstowe and you uh, went to investigate a tower while your voice is dropped half an octave. I'm glad I literally mentioned half an octave in the show because when I came to doing the sound editing for that episode, I was like, well, I know ex- 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 exactly that. That'll be six semitones. There <laughs> we go. That's sorted. <laughs> Thanks, Audacity, for having that as a setting. Um... Yeah, so it, that I had lots of fun with that. I'd make music under the name Bedroom Programmer. There's a new track up there. It's called Noodle Sandwich. Because I was eating a noodle sandwich when I finally remembered to save after hours and hours <laughs> and hours of work. Oh, it's a beautiful bit of lo-fi, that track. It's I'm so good. You like it. Yeah. I prefer it on headphones. I listened to it just through my phone. I was like, this sounds crap. Oh, I listened to it through it's headphones It's good on speakers. Earlier. It's good on headphones. Uh, but I, I don't know why it didn't come out well on my phone. I mean, usually phone speakers lack a lot of depth of sound. Yeah. There is a Everything comes through very it, flat. Yeah, but I, I've got flat-tuned headphones. They shouldn't be very special. We've got a Facebook group. I've got a red bubble where you can buy t-shirts like this one that oh. Laura's wearing. Except you can't see it because this is a podcast. Wealth Inequality Solutions. It's got a guillotine on it. It does. It's a good shirt. I'm glad you enjoy it. StarMonkeyRadio.blog where I write things. You can look at... Uh, what did I review recently? I reviewed something. It was a game. Ah. Uh, Steampunk Rally Fusion. Steampunk Rally Fusion. I finally put my thing up for that. I've been yeah. trying to write that for a while. Actually, I've had it written for a while, but I couldn't make myself finish it. So I made myself finish it, and now I will hopefully be able to get back into regularly reviewing things rather than delaying it forever. Uh, YouTube.com, where you can watch all of my VODs from my Twitch streams, which are on at about 19.30 on Thursday nights UK time. Uh, I go to Twitter, I say words, and a Patreon. That's the one that pays my bills. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify a 76-hour work week. Yeah. And any extra, you know, just overtime, I just happen to put in. <laughs> <laughs> there is no end. There is no end. 
uh yeah uh star monkey radio uh on patreon that's that's where you can help me out or oh, for ten dollars a month you can get early access to queer pleasant strangers and polyamory as soon as i've finished editing them <gasps> laura yeah sing us out please darling until next time be a stranger <laughs>